0: Oh, hi, it's Barbie. Uh, yeah, here's the dog barking. Wouldn't you know, uh, the author's here. We have to record uh, episode seven, uh, a story called My Cop Calling Mother. Uh, something happened with that, and we're going to be recorded, and the author's here. Uh, hold on, just, just a minute. Let me get this. Let me get the door. Yes. Yes. Oh, we know the duck. Do- author's here. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. I, I know it's troublesome. But I can't work the technology very good. I'm really sorry that I don't really know what to do with the technology, but anyway, we're, sometimes I press the wrong button, so here we go, anyway. Here's the author, again, a dramatic reading from their work called My Mother Cells, C-E-L-L-S, and this chapter is called My Cop Calling Mother. Mom acted like she believed the cops were her abandoned husbands and should-be fathers to her children. Cops were plentiful in our neighborhood and roamed and mingled freely with the best of us. She called the cops for any reason. She couldn't fix a light bulb. She couldn't get the gas to work on the stove. The window got broken during a fight and the kids won't pay for it. She doesn't know how to fix it. We lived on the very next block downtown from the police station. Mom walked there as we had no phone. The cops were conveniently situated across from the movie theater complete with a vaudeville stage and old red heavy scarlet O'Hara herself velvet get lost in curtains reaching to the sky. Dust flew each and every time they unfurled the mighty pair and the backlight got us ready for Dracula to emerge. My door dumped right out on the street. Our door was never shut. A steep stairwell climbed to a hallway, and the entire city walked by day and night. Sitting on the stairs, watching the feet and broken shoes of the poor was disgusting. The stinky rags they wore, the dark smell of piss everywhere from two doors down— local bar, and upstairs whorehouse. Friday nights were fun, always a shoving and a pushing match. Drunk guys don't have much strength and flop around a lot like walruses. They sure had a lot of fun, most of them still in their working clothes, lugging those heavy work boots, mixed in drinking with youngsters who had slick back hair and wore those fancy Puerto Rican fence-climbing boots for their handy-pointed toes. Boots of finest leather and design. What cowboy boys they were with their slick back hair. The night was a messed pot of drunk people, laughing and crying, pissing their clothes, sad. Grown men in different languages all getting tanked together, these are firemen, family, working men from the factories on their way home to share the paycheck with. These dads are expected to bring a family meal from one of the local great home-cooked restaurants in town, but he didn't come. He spent all his paycheck traveling from bar to bar, giving it to friends all along the way. In Barry, Vermont, there is a beautiful salute statue of a man who did just that arrived home empty-handed, while he, a local hero, gave all his money away while his family starved and begged for food. What American value is this husband's treatment called? And whose problem is poverty? What what was that? Back in those days, not many women came to these men's bars But the teenagers always drove up on their bicycles in the streets and parked in the street and had their own parties. It was nice when it was hot and humid. Everybody smoked cigarettes and watched it rise into the humid, stinky clouds of the night. Head back laughter, big pockets, a small view. Cops were part of life. They told me to go in my doorway. Firemen carried us out when the great when the grease fat fire broke out in the kitchen below. Cops carried my baby brother out to the ambulance when he turned blue because the babysitter left the gas on. Cops said the kitchen stove should be turned off at all times. The baby lived. I played in the firehouse ambulance. I set up permanent living until it had to be used to get the latest dying person. I didn't understand why all my things got thrown out like trash and I should be held upside down until I stopped screaming. My streets were exploration adventures with few boundaries. Mom called the cops to come and get me, <clears throat> that I was upstairs. Now is a good time, she said, asleep in the dead and the heat of the hottest room outside of Italy in June sat the goddess naked for the thin white sheet against the backlit room. The cops surrounded the bed and demanded drugs while they searched all the drawers expecting to find drugs. I know you don't want to do LSD, right? You want to have kids, right? That's what we heard about you, right? You don't want to do drugs. The masses of hair on my head couldn't keep me warm enough That time, as the blood drained out of my body and my heart broke at the betrayal of my mother, who I said remained downstairs while they examined her daughter upstairs well into the night hours on the hottest night of the year. Conversations could not be had as the police tried to make small talk while I sat curled up with my knees in my armpits. What was all this about? What are they talking about? I knew my butcher knife collection was in my hopeless chest that was in the other room, but it was covered with shit. Just what was this naked lecture on drugs, becoming psycho, and getting signed into a mental hospital? Was that what I wanted? What was all this shit about? What were they saying? She had made a public case that I was using drugs. I was not. She gave them the right to search me and my belongings, the right to suspect me, to stop me any time. No permission granted, no apology given. It became extremely extremely hard. I was 19. It became extremely hard for my mother to find me. I moved and refused to let her know whereabouts or my phone. Anything she knew was used as fodder for her nightmares about me running wild and becoming... She was fond of anticipating my moves and spoiling them before I had the moments. She called ahead. She poisoned Wells with her tongue of gossip. She burned all my records and books, telling everyone I was a communist, reading books and banned and and a rare collection of Chairman Mao's little red books that I risked limb and life for in New York City. She showed the cops all my personal writings and my library along with the, my histories of books and other social private practices. A mother's shirt brown was shit and betrayal. Amazing. Even after I was arrested with the Bergen brothers, Jesuit Catholic priests, and several amazing nuns, Elizabeth McAllister was one, My mom's Catholicism was split from the nonviolent cloth, torn off. She preferred violence and was for the acts of war. Jesus as nonviolent struck no chord with the staunch Catholic, not much on reading the Bible anyways. She didn't learn the story of the Roman soldiers who captured Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and how Peter had lopped off the ear of the soldier before he had laid his hands on Jesus to make the arrest. Jesus picked up the ear and put it back on the man's head and said, No, no, Peter, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. Roman, local, loyal troops put down their swords right then and there by the thousands and refused to harm Jesus causing a raucous for Caesar and other warmongers among them there's simply no stories of Jesus Jesus lashing out mom I used to tell her just man does that and she added evil men and I said yeah I had to agree with her there time she sent the ambulance to my house. Excuse me. In the dead of winter storm, when she heard me cough on the phone, still makes me furious. So unnecessary. So made up. So forced upon me, making me so tired and confused all the time. She had me gathered up, by ambulance admitted doped up with drip 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 while the psycho doctors launched launched into my vegetarian diet and summarily put liver and onions under my nose with me flat on my back they pushed a tray under my nose a nice long piece of liver sniff sniff my friends brought peanut butter my mother never came I spent a few nights because of the winter storm. A beautiful, nice, warm nurse held my hand through some morphine babble. She remembers me. I talked and talked and talked, and I don't remember a single thing. I got up with my friend's snuck-in clothes and walked out. In my mind, it seemed like I was being picked apart by vultures. Anything I had was going to be taken away, and it was. I even had my personal journal writings taken and published word for word in the college newspaper to 10,000 students. Oh, wow, now isn't that a bit fucking much? In the name of some women's freedom, let's push her ass out there to dry, they said. I was so violated and take advantage of with fever and delirium. My girlfriend, girlfriends, women friends, decided to get me to allow them to publish my writings. Thanks, pal. Just take it. Here. It's hers. She won't care. You know, that's just the way my mom treated me. She wanted, to be, wanted me to be her tool her go-fetch-it, her secretary, her minion, her step-asider, her all-about-me thing, and I just wouldn't do it. She wasn't Dolly Parton. She twisted every piece of me and left me for dead every time on the highway, her way or the end. She called the cops and my sister-a-lot from her workplace and asked the cops to cruise by and let her know if her daughter was outside and wearing short shorts. She was was she smoking a cigarette mom wanted to know and then the police could reprimand my sister for any old thing in public anywhere since mom worked she figured the cops could babysit I myself knew something was very very wrong when I went to the police station for protection and for help a boy had beat me up really badly It was a long, gruesome fight at the swimming hole, with my younger brother being thrown into the sewer shithole with condoms and floating turds again and again. In trying to take the focus off him and toward me, I kept getting thrown into the water over and over again so the little kids could run away. It was bloody with scratch marks all over him and me with my bloody lips and bruised and black eyes took me straight to the police station. On the way, I stopped by this lunatic's house and showed his father what he had done to me with a pass of little kids trailing, all dripping wet, all barefoot as we tromped from the swimming hole to the police station. Yep, we all heard that little bastard screaming as his father belted him. That felt good and fair to all of us. Arriving at the police station, relaying the story with all the little kids at my side, I didn't imagine the reaction I was dealt. As I told the story, each cop looked at the other and turned and said, I didn't see anything. Did you? Did you, Joe? No, I didn't see nothing. I wasn't there. I didn't see nothing. No, nothing we can do. We didn't see nothing. I was 10 years old to hurt like that, and to know we children had did not matter anymore to anyone, not even the cops. But perhaps the most troublesome of mom's police calling days practices was on her own 17-year-old grandson who was in his senior year of high school. The story never changes. All details are the same. Since it happened, and the consequences were were that this young man did not see his grandmother for 30 years, he literally did not contact her, and she could never find him in the same town, and she missed being a, a, gr- a grandmother and a great-grandmother. She made up a story to live with to console herself that she had done no wrong. She never could be wrong or was sorry or repented in any way. She had asked him to remove the garbage one day and came home and it had not been done. She happened to know where he was earning a few bucks repairing Mrs. Willis's rickety porch in the snow. She began hollering at him in the stranger's yard and since this boy had a great sense of shame... He turned beet red all the time, even when you talked to him. During the incident, he went up to her, took, turned her around by her shoulders, and moved her toward the door. She went home and called the police immediately. That night, they came in the dead of winter to take a 17-year-old in his briefs through the snow to jail, handcuffed, barefooted. There he stayed all night and the next day in court she told the judge, he put his hands on me. He was there in court in prison clothes and handcuffs while she blurted out, Your Honor, I'm afraid he's the whore master. The judge who is an actual whore master, don't ask me to mention his name, was a friend of hers, and the two had agreed to scare the shit out of this kid. They were going to abuse him. She says she told him not to press any charges, but, you know, those bastards did anyway. She thought she could use her pr- pr- friendly privilege to control the actions of people running the courts through laws she could accomplish revenge and prosecute her foes. Keeping her grandson in jail overnight spread like wildfire around the town of 20,000 good people. These matters that he had hit his own grandmother were part of gossip that hung like a cloud over his head, denying him opportunity, prospect, and trustworthy friends forever. Elder Abuse he shoved her toward the door as a hollering, intrusive bitch. His young reputation would be augmented by severe alcohol abuse since childhood to cope with being who he was in that town. Now that his own grandmother, a woman he loved and had lamented a broken heart for, said, I never heard anybody use that filthy word whoremaster but her, he cried. Well, surprise, surprise everybody. He did keep a job, though. He worked, too, eventually supporting a lusting, abusive wife who tried to break the man in alimony. The children were his focus, a boy and a girl, and he was a very successful father, parent, grandpa, and son. A fine, good man, a man who kept going no matter what the bitches did to him. Goddess loved this young boy. For about 30 years, Mom hollered this story to each of us about how The cops in the court had messed up and punished him. If we did not agree with her, she would fight with us with all her might. It was one of those things we avoided for years. After all, the young man didn't need us for anything. He was doing just fine, let it be. But no, relentless pursuit of the rest of us to get him back. And if we didn't get him back, threat, 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 threat. No one knew where he ever was. Every entrance of his was a gleeful experience. Where you been? How you been? He is not crumpled up from all his denial and abusive relationships with women, including his mother, who raised him with a black child in a town of 20,000 white people. The white child became ignored and better off and self made. The cops chased him on his bicycle and came to the house looking for him often. But the bad boy, who hadn't done anything wrong, had wings on his bicycle, and no one could ever find him. (sighs) So many cop stories. Cops. One day, we came home from my sister's cancer treatment to find a cop car parked in front of our house. We pulled in and saw him looking up at the house. We got out of the car, and my sister shouted out to him, I'm the one dying of cancer. I got the headscarf. Mom called the cops because of a charge on her credit card that I must have made for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. She called the police first and told them, My daughter had to take an emergency trip from Arizona to Plattsburgh, New York, and use my credit card. I told them that I would pay the bill though. She was careful to add, she was trying to tell me what she told the police. What the hell is she talking about? Arizona, emergency trips, I, I what is she talking about? The cop outside sits and sits so I went out to talk to him. Mother had filed an elder abuse complaint and By law, they must be investigated immediately. Even though she's 104 and driving us crazy, the man is saying he's just doing his job. Everyone is in. Everyone in on this was charged with elder abuse, including the church in Plattsburgh, New York, where Mom had bought hundreds and hundreds of dollars of crosses from Israel, not Palestine, where I got mine, Police report filed in case of arrest averted. I guess this is especially helpful since my mom told everyone in town I was a thief since I was very young. At lunch, one time with my 60-year-old girlfriend, the waitress arrived panting. Your mother is on the phone. The police are on their way to arrest you for stealing her credit card. So don't charge these girls lunches on, your, on their credit card, okay? What? What? Then she tried to get the poor waitress fired. What's all this nonsense about? All this bother, all this commotion, all the time, all the time, every couple of days. Mom's use of law institutions peaked when she found out she could punish people with suits in small claims court. She took people to court. She took neighbors to court all the time. I found a receipt where she had taken a local panhandler to court for $3.50. You all know him. You're staying around the drugstore. She had his IOU. Signed. Worst, she had the immediate neighbor's gorgeous maple trees cut down. At 25 years of growth, the three giant beauties shaded and loved the street on sweltering days of climate change. She had them cut down in smite. She and the neighbor had been throwing garbage on each other's porches for years. Fighting over Ireland. After the fights over Ireland grew and grew, the garbage flew more often. But she decided he wasn't Irish enough. She called her friends in the city and told them to come immediately and shop them down, and they did. This broke him. He moved soon after. A story of sidewalk repair in, in a town was taken to a new level when Mom's friends at City Hall refused to pay her medical bill. She had fallen on some cracks in the sidewalk, and since the city had no record of where these cracks were, they did not have to pay. Mom got to work. A new level of ambition, determination, fortitude, and bullshit piled the mountain even higher. This was a stronger, righter, more focused woman, a heller elder on wheels, healthier, cross, and right. At 94, she measured sidewalks. Her reputation grew fast. Our friends called us for four years while she measured the entire city and got herself on the local news. She became a not-so-crazy lady, see, but a heroic civil servant. She lived almost 40 years after her retirement. She was involved and respected during these years and had friendly exchanges with people in town. Look her up on YouTube, Sidewalk Warrior, Oswego, New York. Sponsoring citizenship for immigrants was a very natural next step for the magnanimous woman and natural evolution of her service to the fairness for God's people. She directly helped at least 10 Asians to become American citizens by changing mail and signing documents. For 50 years, her house was a refuge for these citizens of boat people, left over from the ugly wars of Vietnam. She rented the bedroom to a family of 12 in all. Six were students and each of them completed college. For 24 years, one family was involved with my mother. She was bestowed with gifts and trips in honor which she deserved and she took everyone to church and in the end in the end again everyone had to agree with her and behave like her like she did she made christian children about of, of all of them this was all very normal to some people and fits in well culturally with forms of control and oppression yet our mom was aggravated that she could not command this obedience from her own children we None of us liked her bossy self at all, let alone would follow her. She taught that what was good for her was good for all, and if you didn't join her, then there was something wrong with you. She thought it was great that we aspire to big, rich lifestyles while she remained poor as a church mouse. She projected failure and wandered that path alone. Cop calling and resilience on authority meant she could enforce the laws to suit herself. God forbid you were an innocent man who killed her leash dog dog in a snowstorm. As she peeked out of the snowbank, he swerved and hit the dog. The poor man suffered crucifixion in court. He never lifted his head as she berated him for 37 minutes. One time during a fight, I came home to find her wildly rocking in a chair, wildly rocking. Go ahead, go ahead, do something, do something. I can't wait to call the cops on you. The chill I felt at the madness, the ugliness beyond words of it all. She was very scary, threatening evil upon my head and cursed me to hell over and over, frighteningly snarling and snapping, flailing, and all to make me do something. It seemed to me as a young girl that I couldn't understand why she was so mad all the time as she seemed to be putting all sorts of things on me that weren't really true. She made up all her own stories. She thought the court would straighten me out. When I was caught stealing food, the punishment was to put me in a single cell in the farmhouse at the county jail. On different occasions, the adults turned me into steel for grabbing food, for talking, for staying alive. When they took me to court after one of these lockdowns, I did not talk for a long time. Telling the judge that she couldn't handle me was a license for the court to exert for power, and they did. It did not help that a young Catholic priest was in court that day and came forward and said, Put her in my custody. He said as I snarled in protest, but I could not throw myself out of the long window because my feet were stuck to the floor. I tried that later on. I like being in jail. Three times a day the slot opened and hands gave me a nice plate of food. The Catholic priest took me from court and put me in Catholic school where my punishment was further carried out. Detention every day from 3 to 5 p.m. in the chemistry lab. No education whatsoever. No math, library or science after the 8th grade. Study halls or typing are allowed. Probation wouldn't hurt either, since this town had the meanest woman alive on staff. I was quite sure she was a German Nazi, and she treated me worse than the dirt on her boots. Perfect. Thank you. My future couldn't come fast enough. Mom did well learning and using the tools of her oppressor. Her infliction upon herself as she was growing up as a child, failed to work in every way on her children. They loved her dearly for her good parts and resisted, unto the end, her childish, grotesque, humiliating way of life. She said she did more for the church than Mary Seaton. Maybe she did. Some day a loyal fan may write that story. The End